Shampoo is better. I go on first and clean the hair. Conditioner is better. I leave the hair silky and smooth. Oh, really, fool? Really? <laughs> Stop looking at me, swan. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Point 10 Podcast. I am Derek Gottlieb, joined once more today by the incomparable Rachel White to talk about the film that launched Adam Sandler's career into outer space, 1995's Billy Madison. This stars not only Sandler himself, but also Bradley Whitford and Bridget Wilson-Sampras, with small roles played by Norm MacDonald and the late, great Chris Farley. What can we say about a movie, every line of which is deeply etched into the muscle memory of an entire generation? Let's find out. It's Nudie Magazine Day. <laughs> that, that is honestly the very best text that I've woken up to, or at least received in the morning in quite some time. I'm glad that you're excited to do this uh, movie with me as well. In fact, it was your uh, your recommendation. Yeah, I can't believe you like this was not episode number one. It feels like the quintessential 1990s movie. But. You know, I would not have thought that initially, sort of like scheming up this project, but then in rewatching it, I mean, uh, there's there's so many autobiographical <laughs> resonances of this movie. It's really, it's really, it takes me back to a very particular time uh, mm-hmm. in my life and reminds me of just how deeply woven into everyday speech virtually every line from this movie has become which is which is nuts it is really interesting that like i feel like if i think on it like how many times i've said these things with like certain phrases right and like it's it's just like unconscious like it just like comes out and and like and some of the some of the things that i find myself saying like reiterating Chris Farley's like good, great, grand, or whatever. Like I will, I, I, when no I, yelling on the <laughs> when I do that, I like I am explicitly in my head being like, oh yes, I remember that scene from Billy Madison where you know that's a Chris mm-hmm. Farley kind of thing. But other stuff, rewatching it, it's like having like an uncanny familiar coming back to me, in which like like Billy Madison, whatever, yells at ernie to be like just do it and i'm like oh yeah i do that all the time that's where that comes from weird yeah I totally yeah. and like do you ever wonder like when you say that stuff if the other person like actually knows that, like, <laughs> that it's not you that it's like this like billy madison version of you that's coming out because sometimes i'll say stuff and i'm like the other person will be like what <laughs> like cl- clearly billy madison but i just assume everyone's seen the movie so i i, I also assume that. And for like a good couple of years, uh, it was true. I, I'm really curious. Uh, you know, when we were talking about doing this movie in general, you referenced a game that you used to play when you were like really little that you, <laughs> you referred to as playing Billy Madison. I'd love to hear more about this and what that was like. <laughs> This is um, some of my more embarrassing days <laughs> on the playground. Um you know, for, for many years on the playground. So I went to a school that was tiny. I, I graduated with 75 kids. Um, and that was big. Like my, my siblings classes were between 50 and 60 kids. And so we all knew each other, you know, went to school from K through 12 together. And, um, our elementary was a K through six building. And so, you know, you had little, little kids and then you had the, the big kids on campus. And for a long time, you know, I was, I was a tomboy. So I would like go play football and, 
flag football uh, <laughs> or, you know, challenge all the boys to like lightning or, or pig or whatever it was. Um, and then like in fifth grade, it was like, mm, should probably like also hang out with girls. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel, and I actually like, if I look back on it, like, I feel like teachers, like we're actually very concerned. <laughs> like, and we're like, Rachel, why don't you hang out with over here today? Like, on play Scott hopscotch <laughs> just like oh yeah the uh the uh, like very subtle policing of gender norms and whatever yeah right and so so i did every once in a while and billy madison what year did it come out 1995 february of 95 okay okay so i know i know how i had watched it earlier but i feel like it wasn't until you could kind of get some of the like inside jokes yeah. right um a little bit and now i would say it was like fifth grade Maybe fourth grade. I don't, I think probably closer to fifth though. And I don't know, me and my like best friend at the time who I think I've referred to before. That's also, that just was a bully actually. Uh, <laughs> her, Ashley, and then this other girl, Jackie, like we, we all loved this movie. And so for like a good chunk of the fifth grade school year on the playground, we would go out. And just like reenact the entire movie, <laughs> the entire movie, <laughs> like from this from scene one, um, and we were different people every time, and uh, we would just just be laughing at like how funny all the lines were. And when people would get like, we would like do it, and someone would be like, "No, you totally skipped that line." Like you need, like, like it was it was ridiculous. Um, so were you performing so for other people as well? No, and then, like, no, no, just ourselves. It was all it was like literally us three. Okay, so yeah, the people I am not like, an actress. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> it's like my least least of talents for sure. So the people who are telling you, like, no, no, you skip that line, are the other like two the people other two girls. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So you're or uh, or if you like set a line wrong, someone would oh, be like, oh sure, that's not the line. You, you, yeah, that's not the line. How that's dare right. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an incredible, incredible story. So like, for man. I mean, Billy Madison had a similar kind of resonance in my school life, but only so let me, before, before I even get into sort of like my experience with Billy Madison, when do, like, what was the experience like, when was the last time you had seen Billy Madison before the time that you just rewatched this a couple of days ago? Oh, that's a good question. If you can even I remember. I feel like I see Billy Madison every day in my head. Uh. <laughs> 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 trauma from your <laughs> fourth and fifth grade life. Literally, like, I feel like I, I could rewatch the entire movie without actually watching it. Like, I could just sit in my office for whatever, 94 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. And just, like, replay it. Um, but the last time I actually sat down and watched Billy Madison, oh, man. Um, I don't know. my college, maybe? Yeah, seriously. Maybe, like, when, when my little brother was, like, you know, he's eight years younger than me. So maybe like he discovered Billy Madison when I was in college and like we might have watched it together when I was home. Um, but it's been a, a long, long time that I've sit and watched it like front to back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been exactly the same for me. I watched it so much from the time that it came out until, uh, you know, at least through my first couple of years in college. It was just mm -hmm. part of the background. So. So this movie comes out, okay. 
it was such a strange experience for me rewatching this movie a couple of days ago because for for the same reasons that we were talking about at the beginning of the show, like it had just become second nature. So many of those lines in a way that I had not realized so many of those lines are classic and like attributable to Billy Madison and other lines have just come into the way that I speak and the way that other people speak who are like roughly my uh, contemporaries. So the experience of rewatching it was, I mean, immediately I was like, wow, young Adam Sandler is, is, uh, was like sort of one of those experiences. But the other big, like in February of 1995, I was like two months away from turning 16 and embarking on like one of these, uh, one of the more, well, two of the more formative experiences of my sort of young life when I was, so I grew up in Madison. I went to a high school that was pretty large, whatever. Uh, I had like, I was in the boy Scouts. I had my friends who were like a relatively like tight knit group of people. Um, but in addition to like going away to college, just a couple of like in the fall of 1997, also in the summer that I was 16 in like July, I, uh, I went to uh new mexico to do this boy scout thing like philmont scout ranch has uh has like it's Mm -hmm. it's basically the Mm -hmm. boy scouts my brother my brother did oh no shit uh yeah yeah. so you know boy scouts own private national park so i did i did programs there and then i worked there uh through college and a little bit beyond um but this summer, like three of my friends and I were going to go and do trail crew, this like month long program, uh, three weeks of which is just building trail. And then you get to take this backpacking trip uh, that you have earned through this. But uh, the whole idea is that you're thrown together with people from all over the country, other Boy Scouts from all over the country who you don't know before. You're sort of under the supervision of these like 24 year olds or whatever who are uh, who are going to teach you how to build trail and then like work you to death. That's not quite accurate. And then you're going to take this like big back packing trip. So much of that experience was awesome. So much of it was like toxically masculine, you might say, uh, but like, <laughs> no, I know, right? no way. But also like it was, it was the first time in my life that like, I was really encountering people who had grown up very differently from the way that I had. I mean, like, we were largely, but not exclusively, like, white. But, like, it was my first time, like, hanging out with people who had grown up in, like, rural Texas or, like, rural oh, Georgia. And, yeah. uh, like, and that that had a profound sort of experience on me in general in terms of, like, imagining the possibility of the way that other people sort of think. And it's had sort of a lingering effect in weird ways, like, thanks to one kid that I knew for, like, a month when I was 16, like, if I ever have to decide between, like, buying a Chevy truck and a Ford truck, like, I have a disposition now in one of those directions. For which one? Well, Chevy. Like, that was his, like, I never thought about, like, this as a thing, like oh, it's a thing. Oh, for yeah. sure. My dad was a Ford person, and it was a problem. Oh, really? That's fascinating. He like this kid at one point, like in the backcountry, we encountered one of the ranch trucks, like dropping off food or whatever. And he was like, and he and he was like asking the staff member, he's like, "Can you just pop the hood? It's been so long since I've seen." Like the rest of us are talking about like movies and pizza and whatever else. He's like, "I just haven't seen a Chevy engine in so long." It was really. It was <laughs> anyway. The thing, like, where I'm going with all of this is that, like, 
so here we are from all walks of life, very different sort of like personalities and like mm-hmm. characters have grown up. But for all of us, Billy Madison had come out two months ago or whatever, or like four months oh. ago at that point. And it was really a point of like, we could all cite all the lines and we could all laugh together mm-hmm. about this. It was like a, a, one of the, the ways in which like art whatever entered our lives as a, as a really sort of like yeah. common bonding experience. When I remember like reciting those lines, like I'm remembering that period of time. And then mm. the same thing, I mean, the same thing was true in college as well. Like that was a, that was another sort of like bonding kind of thing. So like, that was a fun thing for me about coming back to this is, is the way that it pulled me back into this sort of very like experience, this, this experience of like profound uncertainty about myself mm-hmm. and like, how was I going to fit in with all of these mm-hmm. people? And like, how are we going to manage all these differences? And it turns out, you know, weird like like the argument between like the shampoo and the conditioner bottle if you just like say that in the like the adam sandler voice suddenly everyone gets it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no it definitely is a is um a universal i just feel like yeah everyone watched it so i don't even know it was it was in theaters Mm -hmm. okay for I didn't sure. know. Yeah, critics hated it. This is this is the. Strike I'm sure. That, yeah, has, a, has a critic ever liked an Adam Sandler movie? Yeah, no. So yeah, well, okay. Punch Drunk Love, like his later sort of like like I'm yeah. a real actor thing, but not one of his like Happy Madison whatever. No, no, stuff. Happy Gilmore, yeah. Waterboy, or yeah, all yeah. of them. But everyone, I feel like our age loved them, and it became really yeah. part of. Uh, Mm-hmm. part of the lexicon. This is such a great movie too. It's exact like a 94 minute or whatever movie. It's the <laughs> yeah. perfect length, the perfect amount of dumbness. I have to be honest, like I was a little scared to go back to that. Adam Sandler was so huge at this exact moment. And for, I don't know if you like there, he had put out a comedy album a couple of years before this called you're, they're all going to laugh at you, uh, which, which had been, I mean, it came out when I was in like eighth grade. And so it was like profoundly important. This like, he's got a thing with school in general. Like so many tracks oh, on that are okay. like, like the severe beating of a high school janitor, the severe beating of a Spanish teacher in which he's just pretending to be these characters. And there's a lot of like punching sound effects. It's very weird. Oh, <laughs> but like, uh, and and I was I was basically like I should not go back to that. I'm sure some stuff comes up in there that has aged terribly. I'm sure this movie yeah. as a whole has just generally aged terribly. And so it was kind of I mean there is that stuff, but it's also like much less cringy than some other stuff that has come out significantly more recently. Like I basically can't watch The Hangover at all without yeah. being like, Oh, this is not, this is just very sour, but there's not, there's not that I feel like in. Billy yeah. Madison. Yeah. And y- you know, better than me. Like, I feel like this was peak, like funny Adam Sandler, you know, like even thinking of, cause I, if I remember right, like Billy or, um, Abby Gilmore and what, like those all came out after this. Yes. And I feel like, um, his tra- his trajectory was like he got more and more ridiculous, and it was like almost yeah, like right. like this one was like perfect amount of ridiculous. Yes. yes. Um. And I'm trying to think of like if there was any other like comedian like this. Like I just can't even think of like this type of humor that's like sarcastic and loud. And I was I don't know. Like I I'm trying to think about at that time like what would it even 
competed with this. I mean, the the SNL crew that he was part of was yeah. was part of, like it's this is the period from he was on the early end of this, but like Chris Farley and David Spade do Tommy Boy that same year, maybe a year later. Oh, yeah. Chris Farley yeah, is yeah, doing yeah. like Beverly Hills Ninja, whatever. Very yeah, tr- black sheep. Yeah, maybe. right. Yeah. So Chris Farley is one of those. Mike Myers, whole Austin Powers thing was oh, also. Yeah. Exa- so like he was part there was there was this genre that was coming out of SNL. He was on the leading edge of that. And they all sort of critically, I feel like, played into each other. But that but that was it. I think you're exactly right, too, about his trajectory personally. Billy Madison is the least ridiculous of that trio of movies, including Happy Gilmore and The Waterboy. But like it's one of the striking things about watching Billy Madison now is that like his whole thing with the voices or the shampoo versus conditioner yeah, battle. Yeah. Those are punctuation moments but he's also like trying to make an earnest case in his normal voice as his normal self for like taking over this hotel company whereas by the time you get to the water boy like the voice is the whole character basically like he's he's doing that entirely it's 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 also weird and nostalgic or a weird sort of play on the sort of adam sandler nostalgia that like very recently in the first halloween of the pandemic Halloween 2020 or 2020, I think he came out with Hubie Halloween, like a Netflix only movie. I don't know if you if you I can't believe you haven't seen it. I've not seen this. (laughs) It it basically it brings back a lot of the actors that he's worked with that he was working with in the uh, 90s. But it's 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 Uh. basically like he's playing a different version of his water boy character who's very sweet. A uh, small town really attached to Halloween for no particular reason. There's like a little like horror element. Anyway, it was like, again, the critics hated it. And it was like, it's like a lesser version of, it's no longer like funny in exactly the same way. But now it's like comfort food, or it was for me anyway, especially when we were all sort of on lockdown. So yeah, yeah, I think so. It's funny to like watch it because then you also had, right, like you had like the wedding singer. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, but then I feel like he started to get into like this more like he did try to get into this like serious but funny, mo- like you had Big Daddy. I really liked Big Daddy actually. It was a cute movie. Um, I liked 50 First Dates, you know, um, like those ones were like, so he started to get into these like rom-com types of things. And also like um, the serious acting things, like the punch drunk love. He's not playing a funny character. Uh, yeah. He did a movie with Seth Rogen, which was really good. And I think critically acclaimed called Funny People, I think is the name of the movie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, no. It's essentially like Seth Rogen is playing like a young comedian who is trying to sort of break out. And Adam Sandler is essentially playing himself like as an aging superstar comedian who's just making dumb fucking movies like talking baby three or whatever that like and he's living this life of a millionaire and he hires Seth to be a writer uh, for him just to like write jokes for his stand. He's trying to get back into stand up or whatever. And simultaneously, he also maybe gets diagnosed with cancer and, oh. and is like, whatever. So it's like, it's a meditation. So it's both like he and Seth Rogen are trying to joke their way through this cancer diagnosis and like using humor to compensate in a very, but he, it's also like, you know, what I think is a very serious take on like trying to remain funny, despite the fact that you're super famous and rich. It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what coming back to Billy Madison and doing this uh, rewatch a couple of days ago, I know that it is all wonderful. What particular scenes, if any, 
did you really enjoy rewatching the most? Mm. That's a good question. Um, which ones did I, I? I mean, Miss Lippy is my favorite teacher for sure. <laughs> I, I just love. I don't know, and, and like just the like. Um, extreme generalizability of kindergarten teachers (laughs) and like she's just like a complete hippie and like i don't know um and like the the kids in that one are so cute although i do love um ernie and you know there's like those three in the who's the chubby boy i can't think of his name i don't remember his name um but like i like i like that like really like when they're in the lunchroom yeah yeah um and like multiple lunchroom right like conversations that they have like when they're just becoming friends and then when billy's graduating yeah um and billy madison grabs the chubby kid's face and is like stay here as long as you can cherish it (laughs) yeah um so i think those ones were some of some of my favorite i don't like to be honest, I don't love the storyline with um, the principal, Principal Anderson. Yes, like, you're, it's you're, not my favorite part. No, and, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So and, what, like, him being, like, a pro wrestler. Like, I don't know. It's all. <laughs> and then, okay, so I think I watched, like, an uncut version that, like, I didn't watch as a kid. And so... <laughs> This scene like blew my mind when I was watching it the other day. Um, at the end when Billy's graduating from uh, high school, yeah. um, and Principal Anderson is up there and like he gives him a hug and is like humping. Yes, him. yes. That that was not in the like original Billy Madison that I'd ever seen. That was the first time I saw that mo- that that part. I was like, I had remembered. I like, I didn't. I didn't remember not having seen that before. But it definitely, let's say rubbed me a little bit differently uh this yeah, time around I when i was did like, see it and i just didn't notice it i don't know but i was like whoa <laughs> like i don't yeah. i don't remember him being like like that um yeah but. i i i remembered the blackmail plot associated with his former pro wrestling career i hadn't remembered all the i'm horny stuff or no i did i remembered him like giving the sort of valentine but i did not remember that coming back in yeah, that kind of yeah, I remember the Valentine. The end, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, there's a number of like, you also have like the Chris Farley, um, like yes. in the tent yeah. where he's like taking his shirt off. That's amazing. That's just a, that's just Chris Farley being Chris Farley. I feel like, which is, and and that I feel like is super typical of Adam Sandler movies in general. You texted me during the movie, and you're like, "God, the sloppy Joes." That's the like, <laughs> for me, like. I'm like Adam Sandler also has a thing with this. That the sl- like, the sloppy Joe. Yeah, I mean the song, yeah. right? The song, exactly. That was on that comedy album from 1993, and then he did the whole thing where Chris Farley is the lunch lady. He performed that on SNL. So like, yeah, I just I was just like, oh, I wonder if this is you know Adam Sandler reliving some of his own uh, stuff here. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that he had the song Sloppy Joe. I used to know that entire song. Oh, wow. for sure. I, <laughs> for sure. I was such a nerd. I had no life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there was another scene I was just thinking about. So the Principal Anderson part. So the, 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 there's several stu- several pieces of that that are weird on the rewatch, in addition to the fact that he's like 
humping Billy Madison on stage <laughs> at graduation. The the what was sort of notable is that sort of like he's he's got this past that he doesn't want to come out. And so Bradley Whitford's character is threatening him to like, is threatening to reveal this. And like, there's the implication that maybe he doesn't really have a principal's license because how could he possibly do that? while like having another job, I'm like, are you aware of how people are trained? Whatever. Um, so there's that implication. He's afraid of that. He goes along with the kind of thing. Uh, he puts out the false statement that becomes a major plot device. The striking thing to me was him retracting that eventually. I was just, I was, I was, you know, you're watching the principal be like, I was wrong. I lied. I used to be the revolting blob or whatever his <laughs> yeah. uh, wrestling name was. I was afraid of this coming up, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm sorry, Billy. And I was trying to, I was like, the idea that somebody would like do something wrong in order to cover up some sort of past misdeed and then be forthright about it and apologize seems so foreign in our uh contemporary moment and i was just like oh you know like which is a thing about adam sandler movies there's a lot of stuff that remains very problematic but there's also some like deep down goodness as well (laughs) yeah no i think so and like the the scene where all the little kids like show up on his lawn and that sort of being the impetus mm-hmm, for him to mm-hmm. admit, right. Is because the right. kids are like sitting out there and like interrogating him about um, his past. And then he comes out. Yeah. A, l- a little bit later that it was all a lie or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> his friend Ernie literally looks like my best friend from like middle school. Like really? same part down the hair, like part down the middle, whatever, same, like very round wire rim glasses. I mean, by the time this came out, we, I was like, Oh, this is you like five years ago or whatever. But <laughs> that's, that was a, that was a funny, a funny moment as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I like Ernie a lot. He's uh he's actually like a really great character. He is uh, a really great character. So one of the things that resonated with me a lot differently this time than probably the last time I saw it, like, One of the things that I also really like about Adam Sandler, both as an actor and Billy Madison as a character in this movie, is how believable it is that you'd have this adult man, like a 26-year-old, who's able to have, like, legitimate conversations with children in a way that is, like, he's not in a position of authority. Like, it's a persistent weirdness through the movie that he's an adult man that only, like, Veronica Vaughn comments on seemingly ever, but, like... And yet, like, he's like, okay, I'm back in school, so I am basically a third grader. And mm-hmm. but I'm I'm not going going to talk down to kids. I'm just gonna talk to them as a, though like whatever. Like I'm a third grader, basically, only with all the knowledge. You're and whatever. so right. I haven't ever really thought of that, but it's so it's so true. Like <laughs> like the little boy that has the snack pack, and yeah. like Billy has the banana, and he's <laughs> like he's like you know how badly I can beat you because <laughs> 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 the kid won't give him his snack pack. Um, but just like stuff like that, right? Yeah. And the, and like the kid isn't like oh this is a. 33 year old man yeah, telling yeah. me he can be like it was it was like it was a conversation between two kids yeah, like yeah. It was, it's funny and even once he gets to high school right like oh, um when he's in like the chemistry classes oh, like he just immediately like fits into this like perverted like middle school or high school boy and yeah. the girls are all annoyed by him yeah. like it's just like he 
personifies like the personality of every grade that he's in. <laughs> yes. Let me also say one of like he plays on one of the the a great genre trope of this movie. Like when he pulls up in like whatever that is, like a Trans Am with his like REO Speedwagon shirt and like denim yes. jacket. Like in 1995, I was like, oh, my God, this dude is like he's trying to be cool and he's clearly he like he does not grasp whatever is going on in the mid 90s. Now, looking back at him, I'm like, oh, look, yeah, he like the difference between whatever 1985, which he's trying to represent in 1995 is much smaller for me than, than it was, you know, when the movie <laughs> came out. I'm like. I'm I'm all, all the kids who are scoffing at him. I'm like, look at yourselves. What are you, what are you wearing? What are you laughing at this man for? Yeah. But that whole the whole trope of being like of being like, I was I was in high school not that long ago, and so I know what it is to be cool and stuff. Uh, is a major plot point in in like the Channing Tatum Jonah Hill Twenty One Jump Street uh, oh, yeah. as well, which is which is wonderfully done. God, I love that movie. it's really it's an incredible incredible film and i will go on record saying that but the idea that like channing tatum and like the whole idea is that they were in high school literally like five years before and channing tatum was the cool kid and jonah hill was the huge nerd and now they they have to go back to high school as undercover cops and Mm. everything that they know about like what it means to be cool has changed channing tatum is like is like trying to pick on nerds. He's using homophobic slurs with kids and, and, mm. and, and the cool kids are like, are basically like, what are you doing? Like, this is like, are reacting in like horrified fashion to his attempt of like, just a record of like how quickly things uh, change that. So I appreciated yeah. the, seeing the Adam Sandler, uh, the Adam Sandler yeah. returns. And even school, that, but, like he, he had to ride the school bus, right. Until yeah. like whatever, great like he he clearly could have drove his trans am mm-hmm. to kindergarten mm-hmm. but he like he like got on the school bus yeah that's oh a, that's, that's another point. scene yeah. that that was the one i was thinking of earlier was the scene where they <laughs> they dare him to touch veronica vaughn's boobs oh yeah and that's like i think her favorite like her best moment where she he like falls on her and then she's mm-hmm. like what do you Go sit down, like I double dog dare you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Accident. That's her best line for sure. Stumbling, whatever. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I like like when he turns around, he's like, "That's assault, brother." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Well, all right." So people, yeah. Did know I mean, at least we recognized great. it, and and then, <laughs> yeah, and they just, just did it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, he got doubled there. Oh, oh, yeah, of That's course. Why. Of I remember course, he just course. dared him, and right. he said it was assault. But if you get double dog dared, right? Of course, then it's not. Yeah, that <laughs> oh that God. totally holds up in court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Veronica Vaughn's role in this movie is really, really interesting, and like I was expecting that to be horrible. And it was less horrible than I thought on uh, the rewatch. Somehow, I don't know exactly how that works. Yeah, because I feel like there was a moment where she was like, like there was a switch where she was pursuing him then. Yeah, yeah. Probably immediately after the assault. I, with, no, I'm just. Yeah, it could have, it could have been. <laughs> um, Great message. But yeah, I feel like she like was very, um, you know, dismissive of him, but then, but she was almost just playing hard to get. Yeah. Interesting. There was, I mean, like, she is sort of she's very 
she's very astute early on and being like, this is pathetic. You are like a yeah. rich grown ass man who is doing this stunt. And because you have money, we have to put up with it, but I don't have to pretend to like it. Uh, and whatever, she pulls him out of class by his ear. in that really wonderful moment when he teases the kid with a stutter, uh, which is which is great. She has the wonderful line about no milk will ever be our milk. <laughs> then the janitor is there and he's like, you want some of this milk? <laughs> you want some of this milk? <laughs> I've spent so much time in my life doing that Adam Sandler voice. In one <laughs> and then he, that janitor's like reporting back to Eric and he's like reading off. He's like, Billy loves milk or something. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, exactly. Uh but at some point, like, I, I don't know, like, there might, maybe this moment happened off screen. Maybe I don't really remember it. But at some point, it feels like uh, Veronica Vaughn gets, gets like a whole, a, a view of the whole situation where she's like, mm -hmm. at some point, she's like, oh, this dude, Eric, is trying to screw you out of something that, like, He's the bad guy. You're not the bad guy. I'm on your side or something like that, which, you know, plays into everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It, although it's not like super explicit that she realizes, right, that like, um, no, it's I don't not. know. I don't remember it being explicit of like Billy telling mm -hmm. her why she's why he's doing this. Right. Um, and yet she's she's totally on board to help him eventually. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's had something to do i think like the switch got flipped when uh he pretended to pee his pants to save eric you're That's right you're right yeah yes that is that is when it switched when she like realized he was a good guy yeah <laughs> he peed his, well because he didn't actually pee his pants right. he just put water on and yeah exactly i love how quickly everybody adopts that status that or the the idea that like oh okay i just didn't know that it's cool to be your pants everything i've been taught for my whole life is a lie my god yeah i don't know how believable that that one is <laughs> yeah, probably not that believable so that moment when he pretends to be his pants that then like you know converts veronica vaughn or whatever to or gets her to see that he's actually a pretty decent dude the other i mean we have already talked uh, via text message about how great the line, if peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis is. <laughs> what a wonderfully, wonderfully scripted line. But it also sort of like, I, I don't know, Adam Sandler has like a sweet old lady character in virtually every one of his movies that is simultaneously like the object of fun, sort of like in that line, but is also a vehicle. This is definitely true of The Wedding Singer. Also, uh, in Happy Gilmore, yes, yeah, exactly, is also a major sort of like a, a vehicle for sort of portraying him as a good person who is whatever, whatever, doing favors for old ladies. It's interesting. That's all. I like. I sort of noticed that in in this movie, and when I, aside from the the awesome line, I had not really noticed that this field trip is being sort of led by this figure that keeps appearing in other Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, um, that will be for sure. But then also the, um, the, the, um, woman that, uh, helps at the house. Um, yeah. the, yeah, yeah like one, I feel yeah, like he God. has such a good relationship. With 
<laughs> I mean, that was one of the things that I was just like, oh my gosh, like immediately, yeah, yeah. like, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, exactly. There was so much wrong with this this portrayal. Yeah. Um, but his, like, relationship with her is so, so cute sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, having... My God, the number of books that I've indexed that have to do with sort of like the like popular culture figures and like racialized differences in like the history of movies and the history of like mm-hmm. the theater and whatever. I'm like, oh, here we have like a classic mammy figure who is going to like play this certain role. And she is playing that role. Like that's part of the like the problematicness uh, that sort of remains in Billy Madison. But she's also explicitly sexualizing him. I mean, the whatever the hypersexuality of the black woman figure is a problem problem in its own right but like but this 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 different take on this particular relationship <laughs> is like that it it's different it, yeah no it is it, like she, you know and um she tells him if he stays home he has to help her shave his <laughs> that's armpits. right right yeah <laughs> or you know like whenever he turns around and she's commenting on how attractive he is or whatever yeah, exactly um, it definitely flips the script a script a little bit yeah, I thought I was your snack pack. <laughs> also, like, oh man, there's some racial. <laughs> oh yeah, there if I think about it. Yeah, exactly. Oh gosh. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then wait, hang on. In the final, the the like musical scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Who does she? Who is she with? I'm trying to think of it. You know, like everyone's kind of like with someone, yeah. right? Who is she with? I don't remember. But she's with. She is with somebody. She's paired up with somebody. You're gonna go back to. You're gonna go back to the tape, aren't you? I am. Um, <laughs> could you also like? Could you imagine being one of the like kid extras in this? Like, how cool would that have been? <laughs> I literally like. I so I was watching this. You know, I rented it on Amazon Prime, so I have that Amazon. Actually, I'm like, some of these kids clearly went on to do other things. I wonder if any of them are relatively famous. And like a couple, like the two nerd kids in high school who like had been getting picked on until Billy Madison shows up by yeah. Odor, like one of them is like a legit actor who who's like now on like, he's like a grizzled cop on some procedural or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's fun. Like this yeah. is your first sort of big acting gig. But like, I was really hoping that like Ernie grew up to be. I don't know, Freddie Prince Jr. or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, I misspoke. It's not the musical scene. It's his graduation. Mm, where mm-hmm. it, remember, everyone like is kissing someone. Yes, exactly. So because Lippie the kisses, kisses yeah. the clown. Yes, obviously, <laughs> obviously. Uh, Ernie's mom is kissing the two high school boys. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. oh. <laughs> Um, what, what is the, um, maid? What is her name? Juanita. Yeah, Juanita. She's, she's kissing Steve Buscemi. Oh, yes, obviously. (laughs) That's fantastic. Oh my gosh. And then, yeah, Chris Farley's with the penguin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. That, what, that, the the Juanita and the, and the Steve Buscemi character is the best one of those. Wow. For sure. Steve Buscemi has been so like in that whatever Hubie Halloween movie that I was referring to, Steve Buscemi shows up 
what's her play? What's her face who plays his love interest in Happy Gilmore shows up, is like is the central oh. love interest in that movie. It's basically like he's just doing this movie with all characters that or all actors that he has worked with before. It's really it's it was really very nostalgic. I forget how many movies of Adam Sandler's Steve Buscemi has been in. It might be all of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do think he's Adam Sandler is one of those actors that yeah. like he he definitely has the same folks like yeah. in all of his movies. Yeah. Steve Buscemi definitely shows up. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Don't Remember Big Him da- the Water Big Daddy. Big Daddy, Wedding Singer. It's like wow, interesting. Something to talk to Steve Buscemi about when he comes on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Long and storied career. Can you tell me about your relationship with Adam Sandler? I'm just curious. Yeah. They must have a good re- I can Im- I can imagine them. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but his his role in Big Daddy is so good. Yeah. <laughs> He's the like homeless man. Yeah. Yeah. He he plays something very similar in, in Hubie Halloween. Really okay. interesting. I haven't Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I will stop referencing it now. Um <laughs> So like speaking of Steve Buscemi and like there's a lot of stuff that from a 2023 perspective looks really like Steve Buscemi plays this character who Adam Sandler had bullied when he was in high school. Now Adam Sandler like apologizes for that. And what we see in a, in a way that was, is much more trauma laden now than it was in 1995 pre Columbine. He like crosses Adam Sandler's name off of like a people to kill list. And so like with new attention to sort of bullying and the way that, uh, uh, those kinds of experiences that one has in one's formative life, like, you know, carry on into the future. It looks really different, but like the, the, the way that like Steve Buscemi, like you see him, he hangs up the phone, he crosses Adam Sandler's name off, and then he just like puts some lipstick on. You're like, <laughs> you're like, this is this is the indication that something is wrong with him. <laughs> like if you needed like in addition to the like, he's got a list of people he's going to kill. Like also, you know, man wearing lipstick is. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think that was that's definitely something that like that scene could not happen today. Sure. Um definitely post Columbine, right? That was mm-hmm. a big thing as these like, yeah, hit lists or whatever. Um, but I think going back to one of the things you talked about in like, um, all of Billy Madison or Adam Sandler's movies is like the fact that like a grown ass adult would call someone and be like, Hey, like I bullied right. you yeah. and I'm so sorry. Like that was really awful of me to do. Um, is like sort of that, like, Oh, like you, like, yeah, you can reflect on things and, like, apologize, right? Yeah, yeah. like, the fact that I now realize that I was wrong and I, I understand something about the harm that I have done means that I should take some sort of proactive step to make that right is, uh, yeah. So, so coupled with like, all of these, like, really horrible sorts of things, there's that. The other thing that, like, that stuck out to me in this sort of same vein is the experience is the depiction of the experience that Billy Madison has with Chris Farley's character? And Chris Farley like sort of puts the armbar on him to prevent him from getting on the bus, and then just wants to talk to him about Veronica Vaughn is one whatever fine piece of yeah ass or yeah, and the way that Adam Sandler's character responds to that was 
really worthwhile. Like I, so when I was, when I was whatever, 16, I hadn't had all of these, a a whole bunch of experiences like that of being sort Mm -hmm. of interpolated or invited into a sort of shitty masculine space where like you, whatever you get to be gross and you get to be part of the club (laughs) by being gross and by sort of like, affirming that grossness not to say like by by the time i was 16 i had plenty of those experiences but it looks different now as an adult just the way that like adam sandler is just very like that didn't like not only are you exaggerating but like i'm not playing i'm not playing along with this at all like we know that adam sandler thinks that veronica vaughn is hot at this point but it's like the fact that these two scenes occur so closely together where like the school kids are like please assault her. I double dare you with this sort of like refusal to go along with what Chris Farley's doing is interesting as all that's like in, yeah. in a way that is. Yeah. That's, I don't, I don't know exactly. I didn't what think to say of those that. two things. Um, I mean, obviously I remember both of those scenes, but I didn't think of like the juxtaposition there of yeah. him, like assaulting her. right? Mm-hmm. But then also like defending her as like, she isn't, you know, someone sleeping around with a bunch of people. <laughs> right. There's, there's like, yeah, it's like we as an audience are invited to recognize that like there is, well, to recognize at least to sort of like, to think that there is something distinctly grosser about whatever it is that Chris Farley is trying to do than what these elementary kids are trying <laughs> to do. Even though like both of these things are not okay. Like it's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> it reminds me of the um and then like that that all with like the um the Ernie scene, right? Where like Ernie has to call Veronica and be like, Do you have a crush on anyone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Class. Yeah. Um and she's and she's like, You're more of a grown up than Billy. <laughs> That's amazing. But, but thinking about like those two like, okay, there's the assault and then there's like this like Billy trying to actually like be, um, I don't know, not respectful, right? But like try to um, go about it a, a much more appropriate way. Yeah, or just well, not not through manipulating children, but right, right. But like, yeah, yeah, right. So that whole scene, like the scene in which Ernie is calling Miss Vaughn. To ask if she likes anybody in class, and he, he, she can only be re, he can only be referring obviously to one person while Billy is in the room, like directing and yelling at whatever. That took me immediately back to my own experiences from high school. Like the <laughs> me too, me too. Oh I, my I God. mean, there were so many times that that same not with a teacher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you, thanks for clarifying. Same, same. <laughs> Yes. But with like, you know, you probably did it with girls you liked or you called their friend or whatever. It was the same with boys, right? Yeah. Like, and it was always a friend that was like, you know, calling Doing up. your negotiating for you. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. I have like, I have, yes. I'm mean, like, here's, here's one of the times that, uh, happened. Like I, okay. So like I, uh, I was like a particularly, I had a particularly awkward, awkward phase 
as I uh, as I think maybe we have discussed at some point randomly in the in the past, but like I was as tall as I am now in like seventh or eighth grade, but also like weighed like forty or fifty pounds less, and so uh, was just very skinny and gangly and very self conscious and uh, all this uh-huh. stuff. And I, I was you know in like eighth or ninth grade in eighth grade really I was like I was sociopathically sociologically trying to figure out what made the cool kids cool and then emulate that i was like okay so you have to have those shoes and like and obviously pop like this it it's a it's a tragic and very weird story in which like i i managed to get myself into the click of the popular boys but also didn't have any sense of what i was supposed to be doing there like i remember getting invited to uh the birthday party of one of these kids Mm -hmm. uh i this is this is incredible i (laughs) so i needed to get him a birthday present but i didn't i didn't know him all that well and like the key fact about this friend of mine was that he was one of the popular kids so i'm like what would a popular kid want okay like what kind of music would a popular kid want and literally what my 13 year old brain did was like well whatever's number one on the charts at this point so that poor kid got a copy of like genesis's new album (laughs) from me that's a true story like like and that is like how my brain was working as i was trying to be like but the other big thing that like the popular kids had or the popular boys had was like the interest of girls. And so if I could get one of like the pretty girls to just agree to go out with me in a very eighth grade kind of way where like you basically just yeah. make a declaration and that's it. And then like two weeks mm-hmm. later, you'll find out from somebody else that like they've broken up with you. Um, <laughs> like that, that would have been great. But I, I was desperate for this to happen. I was not like I was interested in girls, but I wasn't specifically interested in anybody. I just wanted one of the pretty ones to like agree to like partner up with me so that I could like, like it's. I'm t- it was sociopathic. So like uh so I got rejected a lot in that uh mm. you might say in in like the parlance of like reality TV I was sort of there for the wrong reasons. Um <laughs> and so like very understandably got rejected a lot, but I carried that around with me into high school, the idea that like I was undesirable or unattractive or whatever. Sure. Um like so it is this has been a thing through my life that I'm always very surprised when people like find me attractive for whatever reason. I'm like, Oh really? Um, but this was especially acute, you know, when I was like a sophomore in high school and like, uh, this girl, Lindsay wanted to date me. So I was like, awesome. But I was still in this very eighth grade mindset sort of, uh, thing. So I'm like, Oh good. We're dating. She was like, this had been brokered by my best friend, the one who looked like Ernie and stuff, obviously like, because he was in math class with her and they had like, and he was like, oh, you guys should like, you should date my friend Derek or whatever. And so like that happened uh, and we all hung out together sometimes sort of after school. My memories of this period are vague, but she lived way, way out in Fitchburg. And so, and we didn't, I didn't have a car. So like we couldn't really hang out. We went to a dance together. That was, I think the, the, the catalyzing moment of this relationship. Uh <laughs> And like one afternoon, I like I like left school and like went over to my friend's house and like through his basement window, I could see the two of them, him and her making out on uh, the futon. 
uh, downstairs. And like I had, I like confronted, I didn't do anything at that point. I like sort of went home and was mad, but I didn't know what to do with my feelings. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't until like when I got a chance to sort of confront my friend, I was like, how could you do this? Like his response was, well, if you're not going to make out with her, I was like, what? what? <laughs> like, that's, that's not an answer. To, Someone's got to do somebody's it. Somebody's got to do it. I was like, so like that illustrates the, the, the extent to which I was still like, what having a girlfriend means is not actually to spend time with or like fool around <laughs> with somebody. It's just, it's just to have a girl. I, you know, you talk on the phone sometimes, whatever. Anyway, sometime immediately after this, like kind of thing, my, my friend was basically like, listen, you probably don't want to date Lindsay anyway. He didn't say date. You probably don't want to go out with Lindsay anyway. Wouldn't you rather go out with Mariah, this other, this other like girl in this sort of like math class friend group. And so like on Halloween, he like, we're up in his room and he's got his like little like landline corded phone there. And he like, he like calls Mariah and he's like, he's like, I'm just going to do this. Just don't, don't worry about it. I'm just going to like, I'm just going to like call Mariah and just see if she'd be into the idea or whatever. And like, and yeah, so yeah, like yeah. he calls her and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. You know, was, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, Hey Mariah. So like, I'm just like, I'm just trying to sort of feel out like whether you'd be like interested if like, if Derek and Lindsay weren't going out, would you want to like maybe go out? Oh, oh, you would. Okay. Like hangs up. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he just calls Lindsay. He's like, hey, Lindsay. So, like, I think Derek would rather go out with Mariah. Do you want to go out with me? And I was like, you fuck. What have you done? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this man is brilliant. I hope he's like a billionaire at this point. <laughs> he's definitely living the billionaire lifestyle is uh, the way that I <laughs> put that. He's the one who's uh, teaching in Thailand at the moment. Uh, he, yeah, he's great. Yeah, <laughs> I am great. very similar. So, um, I, I was also super awkward. Um, like growing up, I was, I was not tall. Actually, I was like five foot one until my junior year. Um, I was very short, but I was like literally like 72 pounds or something. So like the like cool clothes, like my, my issue yeah, yeah. was like, I was still in like little kid clothes in like eighth grade. Like mm. I was wearing like youth size 12 (laughs) (laughs) and it sucked like I wanted to wear the cool clothes but like they literally would just like fall off of me and I looked like an idiot um and I had like my my friends actually would like give me their hand-me-downs because I was like it was just smaller so when they grew out of their clothes they're like well Rachel hasn't grown so she (laughs) have my clothes um so I was super awkward I had braces for gosh four years, I think. Um, and just, I, I was, I was an athlete too. So I was just kind of a tomboy. Um, and so I always had this sense that the only reason boys liked me was because I could like beat them in sports. <laughs> uh, a thing that boys love. <laughs> like that was it is they were just like, Oh, Rachel's athletic. And then I like, the older I got, um, I mean, I never had like boys chasing after me really but I felt like if they did it was more like um um like we're just gonna hope that she comes out of this ugly duckling phase because she's (laughs) like she's like okay right like she's she's nice and like you know 
I don't know, <laughs> like it's athletic, um, but like, ooh, like maybe she'll grow out of this uh, phase. Um, so anyway, but my friends, Ashley and Jackie, like they were the pretty ones. And I was just kind of like, I don't know, hanging around. Um, and, and like both of my older sisters were like bombshells in high school. And so I think that also played into these mm. boys's like idea. They're like, well, <laughs> Nicole, like look at Nicole. <laughs> like she's like it's the happen. hottest girl in high school. Like there's a chance. <laughs> like maybe I shouldn't get in on this before everyone else does. <laughs> this is literally what goes through my head. Um, and so Ashley and Jackie like always had boyfriends and, um, and they were just like much more advanced than me. <laughs> like I, I literally didn't grow, like didn't hit puberty till my junior year in high school. Like it was, it was embarrassing, um, for me. Um, and my parents, um, like my, I don't know if it's like the religious part of it. Like we never had serious conversations about anything related to boys or, or girls, <laughs> like neither, neither of those things. Like we just didn't talk about any of it. Um, and so like boys, like I, I would not give my phone number away, my, our landline, right? Cause I didn't want boys calling right. my house. Um, and so whenever I would go over to Ashley's house, which I was at Ashley's house, like every day she lived across from the school. Mm -hmm. Um, like that was the time to like talk to boys, um, on the phone. She was always the broker too. She mm -hmm. would be like, you know, she always had the hottest boy, but she's like, well, what about so-and-so? <laughs> and so she would like call Adam up and, and, you know, like broker this, like, well, what do you think? Or like, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was wild. Um, and pa Paul was my first boyfriend in fifth grade. Um, and I can remember like only being, I'd always be like, well, we can't talk today because I'm going home, but like I'm going to Ashley's tomorrow. So I'll talk to you at, <laughs> while I'm at Ashley's house. Um, I don't know. Amazing. It was, uh, <laughs> it was interesting, but we definitely did that like brokering. Um, and, and Ashley was, oh, I mean, Ashley always had a boyfriend sure. and I was always just like, I don't know. I don't know why she like felt like maybe she like wanted to hang out like all of us together. Um, but like, I never really had, she was always just like looking for a boyfriend for me. And I was always just like, no one wants to go out with me. Like, stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is killing me inside every time. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, high school was rough. Yeah. <laughs> until, well, until my junior year, like I, I grew and then actually I ended up dating, uh, the boy that Ashley dated in fifth grade. Boom. Shane, that Shane, Shane and Shane was like, the hottie, right? He was homecoming king. Um, he was like what, all, the one that all the girls wanted. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, so then um, my junior year, I like actually grew and I got, I was, you know, pretty good at basketball. I still like an athlete, but good at basketball and good at school and all these things. And so I had this huge crush on Shane, but it was like the same thing. Like even in junior year, like I was not friends with Ashley anymore. She became one of the like, there's like two popular kid groups, if okay. that makes sense. Like one was sure. the drinking popular, one yeah, was like yeah. the nice popular. Yep. Mm -hmm. I was in the nice popular mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because I was terrified to drink um, because of sports. Because oh, um, we had folks that got caught my junior year and I was like, I can't believe that you just did that because um, mm -hmm. then we lost the game that they had to sit out. So I like refused to drink. Um, 
But anyway, like even within that group, like junior year, right? We're like 15, 16, <laughs> like other people were negotiating. Oh, yeah. Shame. Like, yeah, yeah. do you like, or like people would, I don't know. Yeah. There was always this like inner, like, I don't know, inner like talk going on where someone was talking, like I was just good friends with Adam and Adam was friends with Shane. So Adam would get like Shane's perspective and then a girl would get my perspective. I don't even know. It yeah. was, it was I mean, going out with people when you were like 15 or 16 is, is like a major social phenomenon. The idea that like, you know, you would have like an interpersonal relationship with one person that was somehow disconnected from the larger sort of social groups that you were part of is unthinkable, really. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. And it was, um, I remember like dating Shane. I dated Shane till my, my freshman year in college. Um, and, but when it first, when we first started dating our junior year, like I can remember, um, Ashley, like, so she used to like put notes in my locker, like uh-huh. mean notes. Oh, really? Uh, this is, yeah. Like she was like, your best friend slash bully. Is that the same person? Okay. Yeah. 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 She would like put mean notes in there. And when I started dating Shane, she like wrote this. I, I probably have them somewhere. They were, some of them were like, I, I wish I could read them, but she talked about how like Shane was like her, like her property. Wow. <laughs> like, it, was, it was crazy. Um, and I was like, Look, I don't need you to negotiate my boyfriends anymore. <laughs> yes, please. I, I'm not sure that I trust you to have my best interests at heart. You seem to be, yeah, kind of. But we definitely have beyond the negotiating. Like we definitely had the, um, like, uh, like notes. I had so many notes from people that they put it in your locker. Like, will you go out with Adam? Like, yes or no? Oh yeah, and of course. The boxes. It would, like tell you check. like yeah. where to put like what locker yeah, to put yeah. it back into. <laughs> That's crazy. So like, I mean, that also comes up in the movie as well. The idea like, you know, they, they bait principal Anderson into like reading a note aloud in class. The idea that you would pass physical media around that could just be intercepted is kind of, is kind of crazy. Yeah. And the Valentine's too, oh, right? Yeah, the, yeah, when right. he's oh doing the Valentine's, God. there was one that's like, well, you go, oh, it's principal Anderson. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Right. Like, well, you go out with me. Oh Valentine's are weird. I hated that holiday. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In school. It was awful because I was always just like, I don't know. <laughs> There's, I mean, of course, like every TV show and movie from like the 90s has a like an episode dedicated to that. It comes up in the in the Simpsons. Uh, it, like very, it's periodically. What was your, what was stuff like at your high school with, we had fucking singing Valentine's at oh god my like the like you could buy a sort of like a song. This is like the money would go to support choir and like these groups of like the cool, you know, the cool not drinking kids basically would like interrupt class and like <laughs> serenade somebody. Wow! Like they would just do a song like the perform. It was like not done in such a way that is like hugely embarrassing maybe for like they would come and they're like we have the singing valentine for somebody in this class and they would perform the song and then they would give it like whatever like the little note to the person so you wouldn't know until like the song was over like it wasn't wow. like they, you like get singled out and then get sung to off like i say that it didn't I feel like this was up to the the individual groups of kids because I definitely also remember people like coming up to the front of the room, like sitting on a stool and being sung to like as well. So I was like, yeah, it, yeah. Wow. No, my wild. school is not like that. 
um, in high school, I think the like the cool thing, the popular thing was that the boy would just send you like flowers in the middle of class, middle right? Class, sure. And so you would just, um, yeah, it'd be like chemistry class and someone would come in and be like, we have flowers for Rachel. Um, yeah, but that was it. It was, um, but that was a big deal. Like if you, sure. it's, it's, yeah, it reminds course. me of, um, of Mean Girls, right? Yes. With the, um, uh, what are, what are the, those things called? It's like for, was it for Valentine's Day? Or was it for Christmas? Do you know what I'm talking about in the movie? Are you talking about the, are you talking about the performance that they do? Like the, no, 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 no. Like, um, it must've been for, there's like this scene where they're like, um, the Glenn Coco scene. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of the, the, um, quote. (laughs) It's like two for you, Glenn Coco. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly that. Yes. Um, Wait, what is the, what is the, I can't think of it. Um, they're like, it's, I think it's like, like a candy gram or something yes, like right, that. Yes, right. Exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. They make fun of that. But like, the, they like yeah. come into yes. the class and like announce like yes. you have a candy gram or like you right. have two candy grams. <laughs> right. That's like what, it, that's what Valentine's Day was like. Yeah. Interesting. So like very similar. They make fun of that on, uh, the, old NBC show community as well, where like, it's a, it's a big thing where like Donald Glover and Chevy chase are both sort of left out of the Valentine's day thing. And like Abed secretly is so funny. I I feel like I don't as an adult for a lot of reasons, I feel like I don't even remember like all those holidays. You had sweetest day, you had Valentine's day and all those things. And as an adult, I'm like, I have never celebrated them. <laughs> yeah, right. But, yeah. Did you ever have a, a academic decathlon like they do? <laughs> I did not. But let's talk about that. That's yeah. fantastic. I mean, there's so much in that scene. Like, l- let me tell you, like, very obviously, when Eric loses his mind and pulls out what appears to be like a like a hand cannon, like in the middle of a school, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that, that hits different mm-hmm. these days. Um yeah. But also the very idea of the of the academic decathlon. Yes. What, so good. Yeah. What were the like, okay, well, aside from the the principles, like very well delivered in retrospect. I've only like in my head, I've only thought about that line about, you know, everyone is dumber for having heard that in this very sort of pat way. But like that actor is really like he's like saying that with deep concern on his face. <laughs> like, no, that's a well-delivered line. Aside from that, what's the best part of that academic decathlon? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, there's the Shakespeare scene. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, where he's, I mean, what is, what is the, the um, Shakespeare that he's repeating? Hamlet. Uh, the to be or to not be to be. or not to be, yeah. Uh, um, that, that part's really good. I'm trying to think of all of the events. Like, do they go through all of them? I mean, it couldn't have possibly the chemistry been... one where he pulls the boot <laughs> out. It's, it's such a fascinating, I mean, again, coming back to like literal education policy nerdery for a second, it's, yeah. it's just it, like, it's such an amazing depiction of what we expected high school <laughs> to do for somebody in the mid nineties. Like you've got chemistry, like they run a race, like athletics uh-huh. is part of it. Like that's just part of the general curriculum. I, I yeah. mean, to, to give it away, I think my favorite moment there is after Eric wins and it's like, yeah, I was, you know 
track at Harvard, whatever. Oh, yeah, Harvard and just pushes him, pushes him over the bench. <laughs> what a perfect retort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's the math one, right? Where like he's uh, <laughs> like doing all the equations. Yes. <laughs> Billy just writes like, so I don't know what he writes on the, the board, but he writes something about Eric. <laughs> it's something like Eric eats his own farts or something. I don't remember what it was, <laughs> but it was something like that. That was just amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then, the, and then there's the pie baking scene, right? Yeah, right. So the again, thinking act, about like yeah. what a, what do we learn in school? Right. Like we learn how to run a race. We learn how to bake a pie. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's crazy. We learn how to like, we do something vaguely chemistry oriented where we pull boots <laughs> up. We like, we participate in the theater. We like do literature, the literature reading to be like the puppy society is, <laughs> is looking for the industrial revolution or whatever. It's amazing. I was, yeah, yeah. It definitely, I kind of yeah. wish that like that was actually a thing in high school. Academic decathlons? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That, that would be so fun. Um, we didn't do anything like that, but it reminds me we did like it made me think about like what are the things that ev- like because the whole school is like in the auditorium yeah, exactly. for that like final Again, event. It was, like, yeah. The, the really realistic I- thing about this movie in general is that if you have – a shit ton of money. You can make schools do pretty much anything is the, is the moral of the story. Exactly. Exactly. But like the whole school, like K through 12, right? Yeah, exactly. There. Miss it's Lippy gets the, the day school. off. Exactly. He just took over a district for yeah. a period of like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So they do, they do that. And so I'm like, what are the events in the schools where like you get the whole freaking school together? And the only thing that we had was mock rock. Um, mock rock what's that yeah which was it was like it wasn't a talent show it was like a sarcastic talent show oh i love it um what a great idea it was just like dancing and singing so some people like a couple people would do live stuff and they were so bad um like yeah so bad (laughs) (laughs) like but the um you know like we would i'm trying to think my my freshman year we no yeah, my freshman year we won and we did this like I don't even know act to Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> <laughs> now I am just thinking about the plastics at the. <laughs> the yes, the, yes, that's what it was. Um, wow. My sophomore year we won and we did um, Hey Ya. <laughs> uh huh. Obviously, yeah. Um, my junior year. We got second, I think, and we did this like mix of um, Michael Jackson and something else. I don't even remember, but I have such good memories of that. And it was like the one thing that the whole district, like Mm. they would do a a show, like a dress rehearsal during the day. Mm. And really that was so that the principal could watch (laughs) and be like, yeah, Yeah, you can't perform tonight. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) correct. That that was risque. It's Um, nice to to have, you know, administrators exercising some... <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we would have one at night and like the whole town came, like the whole town yeah. came to watch this. Um, and then there was like voting and it was, it was a big deal. Um, I was always like, again, I wasn't like the cool, mm-hmm. like the really cool popular kids. I was like the, the sweet, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind popular kids. But my sisters were the really cool popular kids that like drank and, and were risque. And, mm-hmm. um, and my oldest sister did Tina Turner. Oh, um, wow. Uh, Proud Mary. <laughs> oh, wow. 
And I can just remember, like, during the one that she did during the school day, because I was young. Um, she's six years older than me, so she, I probably was in like fifth grade or something.、Mm-hmm. And everyone knew, like, this is Rachel White's sister, right?、Mm-hmm. And so she, she played Tina Turner, and she had on this like tight dress,、uh-huh. and she just went. I mean, just nuts.、Um, and the dress was short. And at one point, she was like sliding across the, <laughs> the stage. And、um, she she was one that was told that she had to change her outfit and that she couldn't do certain things for the night show、um, on, for Proud Mary.、Um, but I、sure. can like I think about that scene all of the time, and I feel like it was like that moment in life that I was just like, man, like. I wish that I had that like freedom <laughs>、um, wow. to just like be me. Like she was just totally her. I've just I've always been so reserved.、Uh-huh. Um, and I remember like watching her up there and being like, "Man, that's so cool. I wish that I could <laughs> like just be、um, like my sister." I don't. That's awesome. <laughs> that's incredible. We had like we had nothing really like that. At my school, the district was bigger. The high school was significantly bigger. We had, the closest thing that we had is like we had we had like Fine Arts Week that、uh, happened weekly. What was cool is that like the arts in general at my high school were good and they were huge. Like everybody was in something,、uh, and so like Fine Arts Week. In fact, like I I did musicy stuff, and so like you'd have like. Whatever brass quintets or like string like trios, you had to audition to like do this, but like just randomly throughout the day, like you'd need to be again excused from class to like go and like meet up with people, and then like just in one one corner of the big hallway, you just like play your piece, and like people as they're like walking by would just stop and listen. If you were like if you were doing ceramics or like art metal or like、oh, cool. portraiture, you had your stuff like up all all over the wall. It was it was cool in a way that it was like. We didn't have, like the 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 weirdness of the academic decathlon and Billy Madison is that everyone is there like everyone is there watching these two people compete for a company is what is happening、uh, you know <laughs> that's so true and like so there is no sense of like everyone is looking at you it's just that you get like over the period of this week to. Put some some of your sort of artistic achievement on display, but、mm. not in a way that is quite as totalizing as <laughs> as that sort of experience. Yeah, yeah, no,、um, I really really think about like some of the other parts of that scene where、um, they're、um, on on the stage or whatever,、mm-hmm. and、um, Billy like Billy. Gives him the like business ethics question, yes, right?、Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like it's so like that part is so well thought out,、um, where you're just like Billy, like you think he's being an idiot, yeah, right? Exactly, you're like, yeah. Clearly, he gets business eth- ethics, and I feel like when I was a kid, I didn't get it. And totally, now I'm just、same. like, oh, like this was brilliant. <laughs> I had that. I had that same thing. I'm also like, come on, man! You apparently went to Harvard. You can't fake your way. Like you don't know what people <laughs> would expect you to say, really. Yeah. But like <laughs> yeah. just watching him, just like sort of fumble through and sweat through. That's the question that makes him pull out the gun, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs>、oh, yeah, there's business、yeah. ethics for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Billy does a better job of of acting when he's、yeah. comparing the puppy who lost his way to the Industrial Revolution. A hundred percent. The bullshitting is a very important part of all academic work. I feel like. 
Um, one just like I realize how long we are uh, mm-hmm. going here, but like the part of this movie that we have not actually talked about is Bradley Whitford. Like I only knew him for the longest time as the bad guy in Billy Madison, but he is wonderful in this movie. He's wonderful in almost everything he does. I say that without having seen the the West Wing at all, but like, but holy shit, watching him play, like they're like, okay, this is a, just a very cardboard cutout character. You just have to be evil and devious and unlikable. And he's just like, got it. I will, I will do that. I will be absolutely the worst person you can imagine. And yet like all those, like, like, you know, when I was in high school, I'm supposed to be like, he's trying to get Billy's goat and get him to speak in voices or whatever, or like speak in tongues at Mm -hmm. dinner. But the face he makes is legitimately fun. Like he has to do like comedic work in this movie and it doesn't really work. Yeah. The, um, like the laugh that he has, right. (laughs) (laughs) The weasel laugh. Um. <laughs> I sort of wonder. So, like, they. What's funny in the movie is that Adam Sandler's like, or Carl is the one Carl who does imita- it first. he does it first. And I'm like, I wonder if the actor had. I wonder if Bradley Whitford had to be like, oh, is that what I'm supposed to sound like? And then had to like continue to laugh like that for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's right. Um, no, I actually um, didn't know a lot of his work, and I feel like I was having a conversation with someone about Billy Madison, like uh, not like a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. we were talking about Bradley Whitford <laughs> and they're like, have you ever seen the West wing? And I was like, no. And they're like, you should watch the West wing. So I started watching it and like, it's a totally different. Yeah. Take. Yeah. He, I mean, he's just so talented. Yeah. Um, and like the, I mean, in the, the script too is so, well. I mean him having like the mice or whatever uh-huh. that, or what is that? A ham? Was it a mouse that he had? I think he's so. like playing yeah, with it. Yeah. Like, and like, just like the evilness of all yeah, of yeah. it. <laughs> of it is so well and that was in um wasn't that in austin powers too didn't um dr evil have he had a cat oh he had the cat the the no skin cat yeah yeah (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) never mind i was thinking he had there's like just something inherently evil about having a mice (laughs) sure caged Um, up but yeah no he he does so good um in this movie (laughs) and i don't even know like i think um he's just so easy to hate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. coming back. So the, the academic decathlon piece, the sort of the Hamlet monologue, surely Bradley Whitford in his career to that point had played Hamlet more than once, yeah. you know, he's very, and he's a great at like watching him act like he's acting badly was really enjoyable. This time. <laughs> like that. the way that like he, like the voice that he yes, used. Exactly. Was like, Gosh, that was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. bad. It was really wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that is probably a great note to uh, sort of wrap up on, yes. given that, you know, surely we have other stuff to do today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being here. This is always yeah. such a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. And that is our show. Many thanks to Rachel for whiling away another workday afternoon with all of us. Subscribe to the show where you listen and leave us a rating and a review. We'll be back very shortly with the 12th episode of this season, this one covering the romantic comedy She's All That with Susan Harmon. Until then, I'm Derek Gottlieb. We will see you next time.